Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket, sponsored by Culligan Water. Every day from 3 to 4, give Culligan a call if you're curious about getting your water softener salt delivered to your home or business. Call today at 402-251-2309 or go online to ColliganLincoln.com. Of course, it was a great weekend of football in the playoffs in the NFL. Uh, lots of stuff going down. Uh, lots of great storylines, of course. Uh, the all, I mean, it was it just maybe was one of the best weekends of all time uh, being a, a football fan. All the games coming down to the end and, of course, uh, the, the final one in overtime, Kansas City and Buffalo. But we want to turn our attention now to the San Francisco game where they beat Green Bay 13-10 to and bring in Matt Reynoldson, uh, who used to intern here at 93.7 Ticket. He's gone on to work in Green Bay at WFRV CBS 5 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's uh, it's kind of a, a blue Monday if, as far as reaction to this loss. It, nobody seems to know exactly what happened. That seems to be the consensus around here of just kind of total shock still, even 48 hours later. Yeah, I, I can imagine so. I mean, nobody expects, obviously, um, Aaron Rodgers to be limited to 10 points. San Francisco, their only touchdown scored on, on, a, on a punt return. So do, do you is it hard to kind of find the blame, or is there, like, is there heavy criticism toward the offense or, or a special team, certainly, or, or what, what seems to be taking a majority of the blame? Well, there's a lot of blame that goes around, and it kind of changes hour by hour. I think you have to start with special teams. I mean, uh, a, field, a blocked field goal at the end of the first half, you had 10 men lined up on the game-winning field goal, and then, of course, the blocked punt, and the long snapper just getting blown up on that. And it was a special teams unit that in plenty of metrics, metrics ranked last in the National Football League for the entire season. It seemed to be the only area of concern that was never really addressed or never really fixed. And it was talked about, and it was they said all the right things, and nothing ever really changed. And that is kind of where the Packers' Achilles heel was the entire season, and it ended up being their undoing in the most important game of the slate. Yeah, I mean, and as Husker fans, we know how special teams uh, can come back to catch up to you yeah. and, and get the loss there. But uh, is Matt Lafleur taking a, a lot? I mean, he, I mean, he's had a very impressive tenure there. Obviously, going thirteen and three every year, thirteen and four this year, I suppose, um, with the loss there. Um, but it, it, the playoffs have not been too kind to him as of yet. And of course, the pairing with Aaron Rodgers. You, I guess, the, I guess, the question is because there is talk from the outside about, in, in as well, there should be offseason. And Aaron Rodgers is always pretty crazy in Green Bay. Is is kind of what would this team look like without Aaron? I suppose. Yeah, it, it looks a whole lot different, and I think this team will look a whole lot different regardless next year. They're currently projected to be forty four point eight million dollars over the cap, which means guys like Devontae Adams could potentially not be here next year. Certainly, a bunch of impactful defenders uh, will be on their way out of Green Bay just because of the salary cap casualties. They could still franchise tag Devontae Adams, so we could still see 17 in green and gold next year, and I think that's probably a likely scenario if you had to have me guess at this point. But things will certainly look a lot different whether Aaron's here or Aaron's not, and that's just a tough situation to be in uh, for a franchise when you've had the same quarterback for 13 seasons now. He's his 14th as a starter. He just never got over that hump 
this this year, and uh, he, he's getting only his second straight MVP. Just didn't take enough chances in the postseason in that playoff game, and it, it came back to bite him. I guess that's what I've heard, too, is a little bit of criticism. Um, obviously, we saw um, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen just out there slinging the ball. A little bit different weather conditions out there, but the 49ers um, you know, don't have the best secondary in, in the country as, or as far as in the NFL. Um, was that kind of a, a bit of a disappointment, too, just the, the kind of the, the game plan going in? If you have Aaron Rodgers, maybe you should let him sling it a little more? Well, I've been asked about this a few times, and I think a lot of it comes down to an in-game adjustment by 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan. So back in week three when the Packers played the 49ers, Devontae Adams went over 100 yards receiving, 10 catches, uh, had a monster game, obviously with the 37 seconds on the clock and the final drive, had the two big catches to get him into the field goal range for that game-winning field goal. And the Niners kind of played honest that very first drive, let Devontae Adams get his, let Aaron Jones get his, the Packers clicked, scored on their opening drive in just over six minutes, and they seemed to be off and running. Then they changed to sort of a cover one, to bracket Adams. Mercedes Lewis has the fumble from the tight end position, and it seemed like Rodgers would take one shot to one player, and if he didn't come through, he wouldn't go back to him. 97% of the receiving yards in that NFC Divisional game went to Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. That is not a winning distribution. And I think that ended up being the undoing of the Packers in that game because Rodgers didn't trust anybody but 33-17. and 17. Uh, Matt, I have a question for you. We saw Aaron Rodgers go to Josiah DeGuara early in that final drive. He drops it, and then he's got him wide open on that final third down. Uh, he he doesn't go back to him. Is that trust issue a real thing? Because we've seen some people say that they don't really think that Aaron Rodgers ha- uh, d- doesn't go to guys that have dropped passes earlier, but you're, you, you kind of touched on it. Is that a real thing that Aaron Rodgers loses trust in his wide receivers? I think it's a case-by-case basis. I think it reared its ugly head several times this year with DeGuara. I think they were not on the same page a lot of times with routes that DeGuara was supposed to run. Being a second-year player that tore his ACL very early last year in his rookie season and then was counted on to play a much bigger role with Robert Tunyon out for the year with an ACL injury. Maybe that's a different game with a with a, with a Kittle or Kelsey-type receiver, as Tunyon became last year in a, in a Pro Bowl-level season, than it is with a guy who's 6'1 and counted on being more of an H-back than a true tight end. You can go back to Mercedes Lewis after, at all after that fumble as well. And so I think it, it's deepening that trust of, okay, can I count on you to do the right things, to run the right routes, to be there when I take a whole shot so I don't throw an interception and kill us? I mean, I, I think that was that led to some of his hesitancy, and that, that's a tough situation for them to be in. You also saw, I mean, and this is a guy that Rodgers has said he has a lot of trust in, but maybe he just got in his own head. Alan Lazard wide open on a deep post on that final third and 11, and he, there was nobody within 20 yards of him, and Rodgers didn't even look his way. Threw deep to Devontae in double coverage, and that was the last time he touched the football in the 2021 season. Now, again, nationally, a lot of people starting to start to figure out what happens next for Aaron Rodgers. Um, is is there, you know, obviously there, there's been some turmoil between him and the team, and of course Jordan Love being drafted a few years ago. Um, is there, is did the MVP season change any of that in your mind, or do you think that you're still up for a, kind of a, a tumultuous offseason uh, off uh, once again with Aaron Rodgers? I think there's a lot of layers to look at this. So in his post-game press conference after the Niners lost, he didn't make any grandiose statements or anything like that. I know the uh, I don't want to be part of a rebuild comment has been making the rounds, but that was kind of buried in an answer 
about the salary cap and how different the roster could look next year. I don't think it was any sort of uh, hidden message or, or buried anything between the lines. I think it was a lot of just raw emotion from Rodgers after the game of, oh, no, and the season's over too soon. We didn't prepare for the season ending like this. I mean, that, that's, that, that's kind of feeling, the feeling throughout the locker room, and we've heard it today in kind of these exit interviews with locker cleanouts. They've all been over Zoom today, but it's just sort of still a shock even 36, 72 hours later. You know, they don't, they're 40 or 48 hours later, they don't really know how to put this one into words. So I think a lot of it, you know, comes down to what he decides over the next few weeks. He has said all year that this was his favorite year of football, but does he think he can get over the hump? A lot of blame by fans in the past has been, okay, well, Brady has a defense, the Packers don't have a defense, or they, they didn't do this right or they didn't do that right. Yeah, special teams killed him in this game, but it's, Aaron Rodgers should be able to overcome that and score more than one touchdown on the opening drive. It was, frankly, an unacceptable performance by 12, and he would say he would probably put that in harsher terms than I would. Matt, from the text line, Stan wants to know if there's any chance that Jordan Love gets traded away this offseason and Aaron Rodgers renegotiates his deal uh, to stay in Green Bay. Well, I think I don't think he's playing in Green Bay on this current deal. Uh, I've said that the whole time. But it, it, the cap hit next year is just not circumventable. I think that there's a really strong chance at this point that they do restructure with Aaron Rodgers and, and figure out a new deal. Speaking in direct or, or um, very nitty-gritty contract terms, this deal, uh, all, all restructure clauses were voided, so he would need a brand-new deal, a brand-new extension, don't exactly know how that works from a salary cap standpoint in the front office. That's more of a, uh, a money guy, an accounting guy thing <laughs> than I'm able to provide. But he, he would need a, a brand new contract to, to stay here. And I think there's a really good chance of that. As far as the Jordan Love trade, wouldn't make sense, any sense financially for the Packers until at least next year. You're paying him rookie money. He's a quarter, he's a rookie, he's a rookie contract quarterback that has seen some action in games. You're not trading away a backup like that, especially because he's an insurance policy that needs a first-round talent in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on a playoff run next year or something like that. You have somebody like that, that that's readily available in the wings. So uh, I, I wouldn't count on a Jordan Love trade anytime soon. Uh, in the event that Aaron Rodgers has played his last uh, game in Green Bay, do you get the feeling that it will truly be an open competition between a guy like Kurt Benkert and Jordan Love, or will Jordan Love be seen as the heir apparent? No, it's, it, it would be it would be Jordan Love as the heir apparent unless they bring in somebody else. There's there's no true competition in that. You know, uh, Bankert being in here this summer and and signing that deal after rookie minicamp, he showed a lot, man. He did a really nice job um, just just coming in here after being an undrafted guy, embracing his role, running the scout team. You know, providing those reps in the summer when Rogers was still gone off in Hawaii or wherever he is, but. Um, that was that was something that they just needed that third quarterback in the room, and they protected him on the practice squad all year. So obviously they think highly of him and what he brings to that quarterback room. But I, I don't ever see him supplanting a first round quarterback talent, even if things don't go that well with Jordan Love. Matt Ronson of WFRV CBS Five in Green Bay. Uh, thanks for all the insight. I did want to get your uh, uh, kind of just thoughts too about the Huskers here in a second, but I did want to also ask you to kind of compare being in Titletown to being in Lincoln, where obviously you you graduated and, and worked here for a little bit. Um, how cool is it to be out there, you know, covering Green Bay, one of the most historic franchises in 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 all of sports? 
yeah, it's a very similar feel as far as just the love and knowledge of football from this fan base as it is in Lincoln. It's just so cool to see, you know, the, the true appreciation for the value of being at a game. The sellout streak in Lincoln is, is akin to the sellout streak in Green Bay. Every game at Lambeau has been sold out since 1960, uh, which, which beats Nebraska's streak by a couple of years. But they haven't played every single game at, in Green Bay in that time. They played a few at Milwaukee's County Stadium until 1995, I believe. But that sellout streak is something that means a lot here. It's a stadium in a neighborhood, the community. You drive in, you know, through these residential streets if you're going the back way, and it's it's all northeast Wisconsin. This these all these tight knit communities, they all gravitate toward the Packers. Obviously, it's a global brand with the fan background, but you see Nebraska fans all over the country as well too. So that's that's super unique, and uh, it, it made for a very easy transition from going someplace that's football obsessed to going to a pro market that's football obsessed. And one final question for you, um, just kind of regarding the Huskers overall. I'm trying to get people to drink some Kool-Aid this offseason. My partner, Big Sky, is, is kind of saying cool it on, on that. Uh, how are you going into a fifth year on Frost? Are, are you excited for this, or, or were you kind of thinking toward the end of last year they may have moved, maybe should have moved on to a different direction? Uh, Bach, you know me. I ride the hype train as, <laughs> as much as anybody. <laughs> I, I think the assistant hires were, were absolute A+. Plus. Um, you know, Curry's a little bit still out on, on Donovan Rail, and hopefully he can, um, you know, get the get the line clicking and, and get these guys developed. But did have a very similar background that Craig Austin did coming in here. So uh, we'll see if he can, you know, change the teaching philosophy a little bit and do things a little bit differently as a guy with similar experience and, and, and only having been – and then NFL offensive line assistant coach. But knowing how things are in Green Bay, I think that 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 carries you know almost as much weight as the head offensive line coach because they do work in tandem so much with the biggest unit on the football team. But I, I think the the assistant hires were incredible. I think uh, what they brought in in the transfer portal is fantastic. Already liking what I'm seeing from Casey Thompson. And, uh, you know, I think the schedule lines up pretty well. Oklahoma is losing a ton to the transfer portal. I could see Nebraska maybe springing an upset there in September, and then who knows? Potentially a start as good as maybe seven and one or eight and zero at that point, going into a really tough November. Oh, there we go. Matt Reynoldson is full full in on the Kool Aid. Thank you again for your insight. We'll have to have you back on sometime. Uh, enjoy your time out there in Green Bay. Thanks so much. Always love being on in Lincoln. Thanks, Buck. All right, there he goes. That's again Matt Reynoldson of CBS Five in Green Bay. Good catching up uh, with him, and uh, and he's got the Kool Aid running. But of course, covering Green Bay, uh, that would be quite a bit of fun. Uh, and uh, had to get him on. Obviously, having a, a source out there after uh, one of the most entertaining games. I guess they're all entertaining of the weekend. But uh, all the talk, of course, in in sports right now is on that NFL playoffs and and what's moving forward with. Uh, a certain quarterback out there that's probably going to win another MVP this year. Um, so just fascinating stuff. We'll take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about an addition to the Husker football team over the weekend, and they're not re- done recruiting the running back position either. Uh, so we'll talk about that sort of stuff coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. 